Welcome back to Forwards Backwards Podcast, not on the corner of Glenway and Monroe and not at the Gimme Some Truth Studios. This week, we discuss the return to play, preview the season, and talk lineup graphics. As always, I'm joined by the Joni to my chachi, Dan Fallon. Dan, other than yourself, who is the biggest loser in France football's decision to not issue the Ballon d'Or this year? Ooh, good question. Um, Forward Madison social media team thinks it's done smart. Uh, But, uh, I mean, obviously it's Virgil van Dyke. I was going to go with, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if you follow the recent elections in Poland as closely as I have. And, uh, you know, so the, the, the government, I know, they, I know they were not good. Uh, you know, the government there is only slightly less insane than our current government uh, or maybe equally insane. And they love a good conspiracy theory. So I'm looking forward to the government of Poland putting forth the conspiracy theory that uh, COVID-19 and ah. France football have teamed up together to deny hero Robert Lewandowski the Ballon d'Or. Because this year, it's, it's lying there open. I don't think, uh, you know, Ronaldo had a great year. Uh, Messi, you know, no trophies. Uh, didn't have a great year. Still the, probably the best player in the world, but didn't have a great year. It's lying there for Robert Lewandowski to win it. And, you know, basically the conspiracy theories have come together to deny our hero of the, of the Polish people. There was a lot of question, a lot of questionable betting activity coming through Gdansk. They had to shut it down. That, that may be really what's happening. We will have to go to our, our at some point, our Polish Puma consultant uh, about uh, what's going on because there, there was the man, I don't know if you saw that news story. I did. Who, uh, had, had the Puma in Poland and basically the, <laughs> they told him you got to give up your Puma. And he said no chance and went into hiding. So he is the, uh, the Polish Puma King. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and our correspondent Kuba has promised us any updates. He'd be glad to appear on the pod and, and give us information about. Keith, I should know it. I think I told you the story recently. The only going back to your wonderful introduction of jo- Chachi and Joni, that the only time I was ever physically removed from a, from a drinking establishment, uh, it was preceded by me calling the bouncer a, Chach, uh, and then I was very quickly picked up by the lapels of my shirt, carried through the bar, door was kicked open, and I was ejected onto the streets of uh, Dover, New Hampshire. So, uh, Chach is an all-time great insult. I really I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good and pretty apt, considering the way I was treated. So, uh, well, I stand by it. <laughs> you've you, you've been mistreated in Dover, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Never going back to Dover, New Hampshire. What what I, is what is in Dover, New Hampshire, other than I imagine like a like an Air Force base where fish a decommissioned Air Force <laughs> base where fish had a concert. What is in Dover, New Hampshire? I, that's an excellent question. Uh, I believe a river does kind of meander through the town. Um, all I remember is that there was a restaurant there that we would go to some mornings after a long night out, where you could get three, six, or 12 egg omelets. Um, and I would often get six egg omelets and just think, well, 12 seems ridiculous. Now six seems kind of ridiculous. But uh, I did see people eat a 12 egg omelet. So uh, that's what's going on in Dover, New Hampshire. Well, you can't go wrong with a 12 egg omelet. Uh, this, this reminds me. <laughs> I, I think you can go very wrong with a 12 egg omelet. A lot of pro- <laughs> this a lot reminds of me of my brother being tossed out of uh, uh, the the late night breakfast place in Missoula, Montana, uh, because they wouldn't put cheese on his hash browns. I think he he got tossed for that. I, I have to reconfirm the story with him, but I believe the cheese on his hash browns was apparently his breaking point. So, pro, pro tip, pro tip: if you ever go to the Ogden Diner uh, on the east side, which is one of my favorite breakfast spots in town. They, I don't think it's on the menu, but they will add uh, hooks cheddar to your to your hash browns, and that is a that is an off menu pro tip for for all the kids out there. Uh, Ogden Diner. I remember uh, um, you know coming back here and getting cheese on my hash browns, and first of all, the notion that with dinner you can have hash browns in Wisconsin mm-hmm. boggles your typical East Coaster's mind, and then the idea of putting cheese on the hash browns—they're like. 
you people will put cheese on anything. And they're not, they're not wrong. <laughs> and we're not wrong either because no. those cheesy hash browns are delicious. So Dan, uh, one of the things that came into going into today and, and, you know, um, was whether or not we should host a podcast about this season. Should we extend our hiatus indefinitely? Um, you know, I wanted to put out a podcast because there were some rumors that, you know, uh, like like lead members of the band Fish, one of us had gone into rehab. Um, so I wanted to put those to rest. You know, neither one of us has developed a a cocaine habit in uh, in lockdown. Uh, no, no prescription. A debilitating, a debilitating one. <laughs> yes, true enough. A debilitating drug habit. In <laughs> um, and so, you know, we wanted to put those rumors to rest, uh, but we did want to talk about, you know, going forward, should we do a podcast or not? We, you know, if, if people feel particularly strongly one way or another, uh, the, the word you used was normalize. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your kind of thought process going into this. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who's been listening to the podcast since uh, we had Kyle Carr on, on, I think about March 10th, uh, or maybe it was a little bit later than that, um, probably knows where I stand on, on what's going on in the world. Um, and I... Again, we don't have that many steady listeners, so you may want to put <laughs> on details of that. Yeah. So anyway, to, well, to, to, to sum it up, I, I, this has been a shit show since the beginning. It, it is, I could, even I thought it couldn't be this much of a shit show, but I, I, I was sorely mistaken. It is beyond even what I thought. Uh, uh, it's the showiest of shit shows at this point. Um, it's, it's a diarrhea show at this point. Yeah. And, um, you know, my feelings about the league coming back, particularly with fans, I have a pretty strong feeling about it and don't think it's uh, appropriate. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it sends a good message and, and um, yeah. And, you know, and we're in, at some point it gets to be like, is this fun to do? Because uh, we're, you know, your joke about, we're talking about egress and ingress and we're talking about, protocols for washing people's hands and, and, you know, buying tickets. And, uh, that's not exactly why we, we got into the lucrative business of nonprofit tax shelter podcasting. And, um, and again, and I think you're, the, the, yes, the word I did use was normalized because I don't want people to think, uh, we're on board with all this stuff. Um, and that we're just going to do a podcast that kind of ignores the reality that's surrounding this. Now, on the other hand, um, you know, it's nice to have a distraction. It's nice to have something to laugh about. It's nice to have something to cheer for. Um, I wish it was getting being done behind closed doors. I mean, as much as the MLS. Let's be honest, for me, Dan, having looked at the development of your beard over the last uh, several months, this is really my wellness check with you. (laughs) I mean, you you posted that picture on Twitter. And I immediately sent out a message to, to the, you know, Liverpool text group that was essentially do not, it, it, even if Dan claims this is championship t-shirt materials, do not open any packages from this man because you had some strong move to the woods in Montana and we're against all modern technology vibes going on there, Dan. So to, to, to dispel any rumors, I'd like to quote one of my favorite movie trading places, uh, looking good, Billy Ray. Feeling good, Winthorpe. Um, but uh, I, I don't even remember where it was. But um, well, talking yeah. about kind of normal, you know, is this fun? Yeah. Is this an escape? Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of said I wasn't sure I felt comfortable doing it. Um, but I think from the standpoint of you know having some fun, uh, having a few laughs, talking about the team. I think I, I, I am, I am at this point, at least up for it. Oh, now what I was going to say was, you know, the MLS, which at the beginning looked like it was going to be a debacle. Uh, now you could say two teams had to pull out. So it kind of was a debacle, but they man, they have seemed to have and NWSL and um, they seem to have been able to create an environment that is safe and that they were able to play games. In. And it has been nice to have, storylines and games to talk about and, and, you know, 
things like that. My concern is, and we'll get to it. I mean, right out of the gate, our players are going to be getting on a commercial airline and flying to Dallas, Texas and staying in a hotel and interacting with people. And I just, I have some serious questions about how long this is going to last. I mean, the game was already postponed last week. I don't think they've confirmed whether it was players, but it was two positive tests uh, within the Tormenta's. Yeah. Yeah. Within their, their part traveling party or their group. So, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I, for one, will not be attending any games in person. Uh, I, I, I think that that's as a, for me personally, I think it's, it's an irresponsible decision to do that. Um, but happy to watch the games and, uh, and impart my, my, uh, bearded wisdom that I've learned from, from a, from a spell in the Northern woods of Wisconsin. Um, you know, so that, that, you know, first of all, that's the big changes. And, and, you know, this, I think first raises the question of, you know, the wisdom of the return to play, because, you know, what, what the league said and what Ryan Madden said and shocker, Ryan, I know he's not listening to this podcast, but, you know, (laughs) as a classic distraction technique, it was, you know, we encourage fans to take, you know, a look at our 51 page guidelines prepared with the help from, you know, a couple of doctors and, and, you know, all this. And, you know, one of the doctors is from the University of Tennessee and any, any school south of the Mason Dixon line, I look at as suspect. Um, But, you know, what he didn't realize is he was talking to a house of learned doctors. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Uh, You know, what he didn't realize is he was talking to two guys who pretend that they don't do any work, but will, in fact, just to prove a point, read that 51-page document so they can go, hey, hey, asshole, we read that document. We're not going to do it before our interview with you because you're just going to spout bullshit anyway. But, you know, and so that's, first of all, I think we both, and this is why we don't have any guests on this week, is because we don't want guilt by association to attach our comments to, like, Neil or, or good friend down the, down the road in Milwaukee. Um, because I, I, I agree with you. This seems wholly irresponsible, right? And we, before the podcast started, look back at those guidelines. I really agree with what the flock is saying, that they don't want to have, you know, any organized presence. They don't feel good about it. How can you do the stuff that the flock does without, with social distancing, um, you know, Tetris, I mean, you know, you, your arms aren't long enough for us to, to wrap shoulders six feet apart. I mean, I guess we could get like virtual arms and, and do that. You're not supposed to, although we, we looked at the language, Dan, and the, the language in the fan part is, is amusing to me because, you know, people on social media were pointing out, you know, that at matches already, we're seeing people without masks. We're yep. seeing, seeing people... Well, the league, in fact, has not mandated that you have to wear a mask at, at a game. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. The, mask, the mask thing, I think, is, is based on local, local, you know, whatever the local uh, health guidelines are. And as you alluded to, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of could and should and highly recommended language um, in the in the fan protocol. We didn't really look at the player protocol. I'm sure you know, that's probably a lot tighter given that there's a, the players union is involved. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that language spells out pretty clearly, but even there, I mean, I remember looking back and there's some language in there, like, you know, whenever reasonably possible, the player should be wearing masks at all times. But, um, and, and, you know, I understand why the language is couched this way. I understand legal implications. I understand all that stuff, but it's, it, 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 to me, sometimes it's like when you have to say these kinds of things, this is the moment when you should be saying the fact that we even have to be going down this path suggests that maybe we shouldn't be playing games in front of in front of fans. And the part that's the hardest for me, like just being very honest, is what we're you know, we are. And this was our discussion way back at the beginning of this when I was like, this is all going to get shut down. And you were very clearly like, no, it's not because of because of capitalism. Well, yeah. And so I want to say long-term who was right. 
Well, we were both right. <laughs> is what <laughs> the point? We were both right, but but what we've ended up with, right, is this this our entire world now is based around a tension point of health and economy, and every you know, and it's like what and that to to be engaging in those kinds of decisions. Give when we're supposed to be just doing a fun podcast about a third division soccer team that we love in the town we live in. It just, it's like a little draining to me because I have to make those decisions on a daily basis for everything else I'm doing. And then to have to like project it onto this is just like, this is nuts. And I understand why the club is doing what they're doing. Like I I've said that before and I, I don't necessarily like want to beat them up over this decision because like, you know, there's a, there's a huge financial imperative out there. Um, but I, I just, you know, there's been stories that in Orlando there, the, the MLS and NBA are, and I think the WNBA are down there as well. Right. They're, um, they're like kind of hoarding the tests. Yeah. Like there are people are having trouble getting tests in the community down there. And so, um, these things are just like really hard for me to be like, Oh yeah, that's, that's cool. I get it. And, um, so yeah. Well, and, and the other thing that we, we talked about and I said, you know, capitalism will always win out, but, and when we talked about this is, you know, the, the shittiest of shit shows, um, I, what I'm imagining is everybody, when I, when they found out I got a, not a Roomba and I have a dog, um, they mentioned that you do not want to run it when you are not home and the dog is home <laughs> yes. because you're going to get the shit show and then the Nada Roomba is going to drag the shit show over the whole house. Yes. And so probably, you should probably housebreak your dog though, would be another suggestion. You know, I'm not housebroken. Why should the dog? <laughs> That's my attitude. Um, and, and so what we're doing right now is, you know, capitalism didn't win out, but the situation is, and the thing I kept saying to you during this is, yeah, but what are we going to do when we lift the lockdown? Right. Right. Are we ready to do that? Do we have the yeah. stuff? And no. very clearly we don't. And, no. and so, yeah, so it's, you know, in some sense, and, and I hope our listeners are as tired of us like rambling on about this stuff, but you know, I may or may not go to a match. I don't know. I haven't decided, you know, uh, I w- if I do go, I'm going to wear a mask. But the league is not mandating you wear a mask. Right. And right. it's like, that's just, you know, that's just nuts up. You know? This is, I, I was actually thinking, this is like one of the moments where uh, I'm about to like take a shot at something we love. But it's a good thing that lower division soccer is like completely off the radar of, of the, the media because – I mean, everyone was focused on that stupid, like new, new metal concert somewhere in Wisconsin this weekend, which actually, if you looked at the pictures, it, it appeared there were about a thousand people there. It looked like people were standing very far apart from each other. There were a few people wearing masks, like, and I know they followed that because they called it the herd immunity festival or whatever the stupid name was. But then you look at what's going on in some of these USL championship soccer stadiums and like, to me, there's a bigger story there. I saw a picture from the Lafayette County uh, Fair out in Lafayette County, Wisconsin. The grandstand was filled with people. Nobody was wearing masks. Um, you know, I, it's just, it, to me, there's that, you know, maybe my concerns over the, uh, over the league getting some really bad publicity were overblown because now it seems like there are things going on kind of more broadly concerts, get togethers that now it's just kind of part of the milieu of what everyone's doing, even though it's a terrible fucking idea. Um, And you have to remember you have States where they are, where brilliant governors who only got elected because they manipulated the election process, uh, looking at you, Georgia, uh, you know, are suing mayors for implementing a, a mask policy. And look, and, and, and not suing the city, not suing the city, the city council, like no. literally, suing yeah. the mayor herself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if we go down that particular rabbit hole, we're going to lose what <laughs> three <laughs> listeners who have, who have stayed on. But, you know, and, and, and just say this, and this was, you know, when I saw it on Twitter, lots of people freaked out because they were like ghoulish, how ghoulish are Goldman Sachs. But 
basically the point they made was we can save, you know, 5%, I think was the number of GDP if people just wear masks, right? Yeah. And yet, you know, so even these people who are, you know, pro-business, we got to get the economy up and running. Like you can have both. Make people wear goddamn masks. And yet, you know, it's so... What we're going to say is we're going to try very hard not to normalize it. We're going to try to aim towards, I think, talking about the matches because nobody wants to listen to our thoughts on a lot of these things. Everybody has their thoughts. I think most of the people in the flock, most of the people who are going to the matches are informed, are going to make their decision based on that, and they're going to be wearing a a mask. If you're not, don't listen to our podcast. How does that sound? You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I... I yeah, I was I was just gonna say, I mean, if you're going, here's an opportunity, as small as it might be, to be part of the solution. You know, I I I won't be going, but if you're gonna go, wear a mask, follow every rule, be a, like go beyond whatever the rules are, um, because that's the only way this is gonna this is gonna get better. Um and I'll also say that doesn't excuse you following the rules doesn't excuse the huge systematic failure that has led us to, you know, Oh no, no, you know, we, we all have our part to do, put on a mask, you know, you're going to be around people. You're going to be, you know, soccer stadiums. There, there's some fear that soccer stadiums were part of the spread, you know, from champions league early on. And so, you know, you're going into a dangerous area. We, we want you to support the team, but if you do wear a mask, right, do the smart thing. So, we're not, it's probably not the last thing we're going to say about COVID. It's hopefully the last thing we're going to say this week about COVID. Um, because really I wanted to talk to you about my least favorite thing in like sports talk, which is the like schedule release episode or schedule release show. Like with the NFL where they're like, so week four Packers going to the bears. What do you, you know, what do you think about that positioning in the matchup? And it's like, well, they play the bears twice every year. You know, it's on Monday Night Football. Woohoo! Like, what are we going to talk about? So the first COVID match, rates, COVID rates in Dallas. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. <laughs> you know, NWSL goes to Utah, Southern Utah, even. Uh, you know, south of Salt Lake City, I think. And uh, NBA, they're playing in an air-conditioned arena, so it's less of a big deal. You know, MLS goes to Orlando, right? It's like 400 million degrees in Orlando with 400% humidity. You know, they're out in the desert in Utah playing. Like, yeah. anybody think like, oh, maybe we could do this somewhere where it's not 5 million degrees? I think I mentioned to you, I spent the worst week of my life at Duke soccer camp in July. And that was in North Carolina. Like that, I mean, the playing, and that was like on the old AstroTurf. I mean, it was just brutal, like trying to make it through a day. Um, I mean, yeah, but these, I mean, these games, even the early games, have they've been kind of the most sluggish. I feel like, uh, I mean, I heard, I didn't watch today's match, but it sounded like the NYCFC, um, inter, inter Toto Miami cup milk cup, uh, was, was dreadful for the first 45 minutes. Now, these are two teams that were basically, you know, bringing up the rear. Uh, I guess I don't know how many teams qualify out of every group, but, uh, I think they're just getting soft. Uh, you know, we have, <laughs> matches. we have that 7.30 match at a big tournament weekend. You yeah. Know. No, yeah. I, but I think, you know, usually in these situations, right, teams in order to peak, if they're traveling to the West Coast, they'll shift the times of practices. They'll yeah. try to line those up. You know, they'll do things when you just basically go from a system that's geared to you playing, you know, 7 yeah. o'clock at night to one playing at – nine o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, it's going to throw everything off and your biorhythms are off and you're going to play sluggishly. And, you know, that's something that I just, I don't think they thought through. I mean, the other amazing thing about this MLS thing is like, it's literally pretty close to the only live sports right, right now. And I'm still getting like, you know, video game NASCAR races over that on ESPN. Like Don Garber, could you have negotiated a little better contract on this deal? But well, going going back to our our our, our beloved forward Madison, you know the the, the original schedule there's supposed to be 20 games, I believe, has already been 
not back to 16, if I'm correct. Um, I think part of that was they haven't really given a whole lot of information, but Toronto had to drop out, I think, basically because their health commissioners were like, well, none of those American teams can come here and we're not going to let you leave because that place is nuts. So uh, (laughs) that kind of... That kind of uh, ruled them out. Uh, although the official reasoning was pretty funny that the local officials, you know, decided it was, I, I forget how it was worded when the, the real wording should have been like, Canada thinks America's fucking nuts, so we can't play. We've um, also been banned by the Bermudans, just putting yeah. that out there. So. Yeah, and it also, uh, it, it also looks like, you know, this, we've kind of gone away from this, we weren't going to play one team kind of thing. Like Orlando is now on the schedule. So I think they basically had to blow the whole thing up again and kind of piece it all back together. Um, So (laughs) yeah. So first game out of the gate, we go down to North Texas, um, which is 150 degrees in, in late July, Uh, you know, Corona multiplying like the rabbits in my neighborhood right now. Yes. Uh, So that might be the only game. Let's be honest. And and then the whole outlier with North Texas is FC Dallas got sent home from the MLS. Uh, welcome did they back. home or did they not even Cup. make it? I don't think they even made it, did they? They didn't even make it. That's right, to the welcome back MLS Cotter Cup. Um, so the, there's been some questions we've, I think, on, I think on Twitter and maybe on our text group that, you know, they might be able to draw on some of their younger MLS players if they're looking to get them some game time. I would assume there could be some, some uh, union issues around that Um, different protocols for MLS versus the USL. I don't know how that all plays into these kinds of things, but I think as always with North Texas, it'll be, you know, kind of a mystery who, who shows up on the day to play, but I, you know, I'm sure they, they'll, they'll be ready to play with their MLS crew back there. I'm sure they've been doing some training with, with their full, you know, complement of both um, League One and MLS players. So I would assume that they're going to be in pretty decent shape. Well, and the other thing I'll say about North Texas is they play a style um, that runs throughout that that system, you know, yep. and those players, you know, get plugged in and they, they know what that system is. You know, yep. they have, um, you know, a couple of big center backs, they, they have some, you know, top quality skilled wingers and I think they'll just bring more people up. So I'm not going to be surprised whatever happens with the roster that they're going to be really, really strong. Now, one of the, you know, the things that was uh, for me gratifying to see was Carter Manley uh, signed in the championship. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we had looked at and seen was Andre Reynolds, the second had trained with the team. This is a long time ago, Dan. You may remember this. This was uh, March of 2020. Uh, <laughs> so, I believe, yeah. Keith, Keith, if you, if I, I mean, we actually we went to a soccer stadium, and then we went to a bar yeah. and sat inside. And we, I, if I remember correctly, we stuffed about 14 people at a table for six. We um, were not social distancing at that. We <laughs> we may have been nexus of coronavirus in Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> that table of forward mass and nerds who came to a scrimmage on Saturday. I'm including myself in that nerds comment, by yeah. the way. Um, and then retired for a beer and a uh, sausage. Um, we, we may have been the super spreaders of Madison. <laughs> What's funny too, is I was like feeling a little under the weather and I left. That's true. After having, I think sat in Omar's lap. Like I think I literally <laughs> been in Omar's lap. I, you know, um, and I, I believe our wait our waiter even said, "I'm really impressed with how many people you <laughs> stuffed into that table." So well done, Fla. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're 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 you know we're <laughs> we're behind the curve apparently. Um, but you know, one of the things was I thought Andre Reynolds uh, was going to fit in really well because one of the things that was raised in, in certain previews was, Hey, the, you know, they relied a lot on those outside backs to get forward, you know, uh, yep. member of USL league one team last year, you know, Pato Diaz got forward as well. Carter on the other side that allows, you know, Don smart and Paulo jr. To, to move inside. Um, and I thought Andre Reynolds, the second was going to be the guy that we were going to be able to bomb forward. He 
I, I was glowing in my praise of him to you, maybe yeah. even on this podcast. It was so yes. long ago, I don't even know. Did we record a podcast? Were we on a hiatus? Was, <laughs> you know, we're, we're podcast extant in March of 2020, or were we recording it on AM radio? We don't know. What, what I will say is, you know, that's, that's something we're going to look at because I thought he was really skilled and, and could yep. fill in. You know, we've got some guys in. Lockerbie, for instance, is yep. coming in um, and plays out there. You know, uh, we talked a little bit about his incoming, you know, that he's a skilled player, fast, works the wings well. So maybe he'll, he'll do that as well. That's one kind of question looking at the team as we move forward, um, you know, and going into this match with North Texas. And then uh, on the 31st is the first, I'm putting air quotes for those of you watching on the simulcast cast, uh, home match um, at Hart Park in, in Tosin. And that day they line up against who again, Dan? Uh, that would be Greenville, I believe. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Greenville triumph. And so Greenville one Oh, one Oh, uh, watch them play. Uh, I think, uh, our friends at league one unfiltered did, did a very good job of summarizing Greenville still good. Um, <laughs> I, think the, I think the comment was you bring back most of your team that went to a championship and you're probably in good shape. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, they look solid. They did exactly what they did last year. Um, you know, Dallas J uh, made a Jersey Dudek esque double save um, yeah. and really stood out. You know, he is a guy that, you know, people are saying, well, is he a product of the defense? Is he, uh, you know, why hasn't he gotten a look at, at championship if he's so good? Problem is, you know, he's six foot on the, on the roster, which means he's like me, you know, five, eight and three quarters. <laughs> um and so he's just not, you know, he's just not going to be big enough probably to get the look at championship level, but he's a solid goalkeeper, organizes the defense really well. Um, you know, there's some argument, is he the best in, in league one? Maybe that should go to, um, you know, uh, the guy in Chattanooga, you know, blanking on his name, but he's really strong and they, they, you know, play defensively, they play compact. Um, and so the, the, the guy that I think is going to make the biggest difference for forward against a team like that and just generally going forward is Woj. Um, you know, Woshik, Woshek, I believe, or vice versa, Woj Woz, or as he's also known, uh, thanks to Grant Peters for the nickname, uh, Hank Scorpio. Uh, <laughs> he, I think, is the guy that will bring the most to those games and I think could put a lot of pressure on the center, you know, young center backs for North Texas, no matter who they're throwing out there as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that we've belabored this point, but it was, it was an area of, it was a struggle last year in the number nine, uh, you know, a lot of injuries, players rotating through um, a certain guy placed for the loons who decided he didn't want to score goals for us, but only wanted to score goals for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of us waiting to see Woj, um, kind of a big, I think, throwback looking number nine, even that day at the scrimmage, you could see as a player who's going to be in and around the penalty spot, looking to get on the end of things. Um, and to your earlier point, I think, you know, when you have outside backs that are getting forward, you know, that gives them a target to try and pick out if they can get the ball in the final third. Um, and I agree that, Without uh, Reynolds, um, you know, an area of depth now starts to look again like an area where, you know, probably, you know, without knowing much, I think the two locked on starters would look to be Eli Lockerbie and and Pato. Um, But then where do you go uh, from there? Um, Seems like we're pretty well situated at center back. Um, But yeah, I would worry about the outside backs as well. Um, And then, you know, we've got... um, you know, we're bringing back a lot of our players that contributed a lot to our, to our goal scoring, whether it was through goals and assists with, with, with Don and Paulo. Um, and then of course we got our, we got our guy, we got the, the, the Vang, Vang train G is silent. Um, we're finally going to see him. I'm really excited. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people were worried about the, the absence of Josie L. Nunez. I think Michael Vang, the other thing that I think uh, is going to make a big difference is as we talk to both Coach Shore and, and you know, I can't call him Coach Neil, uh, Neil Hlavati, uh, one of the things was as Eric Leonard was kind of getting his, his 
see see legs, and by that I mean defensive center midfielder legs underneath him. JC had to play a little bit more of a reserved role. He filled in, but he's really a, he's a, he's an he's a true box to box. He can get forward. I think now that they may have a <clears throat> a little bit more confidence in Eric in the in the six in that holding midfield defensive center mid, you know whatever you want to call it role. Um, and they totally misled us, you know, on, oh, yeah, we're going to drop him back into center back, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they don't really go out and get a DCM. They, they've got Eric there. Um, so Eric Leonard in that role. Um, Brandon Eaton is back again this year, too, which I think will help the, the midfield strength. Um, he's a guy that had some injury problems last year, just never felt like he was getting like you never felt like he got fully going like into, yeah. you know, that he may be a guy who needs to get in the rhythm uh, of things. And he just never got a chance to build up that rhythm from some knocks and so on. And so he's an, a guy I'm excited to see how it yep. turns out as well. But I think the fact that now JC who has scored some clutch goals um, last year um, is going to be able to get forward a little bit more will also help mm-hmm. open up the attack a little bit along with obviously the Vang, you know, we're on the Vang Trang. It's the greatest thing ever. If you truly want to pronounce the Vang Trang properly, you have to develop a Marseille, Southern France, Provencal accent. And it is the Vang Trang as it were. You're pronouncing it like you're in Marseille sipping pasties. So then, so then the G is not silent. It's silent and not silent at the same time. <laughs> it's French. Kind of like our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Listen to and not listen to at the same time. So recorded and not recorded. You know, it's the Schrodinger's cat of podcasts. Uh, the other thing related to that, and you know, so that's a quick recap of where we're seeing the starting eleven. Really, you know, because the team is training out in the middle of nowhere, uh, because you know they're they're relishing the sort of secrecy, and that's what what comes up because Dan, you had a little interaction with the Greenville triumph on, on Twitter on (laughs) Saturday before the match, because again, we're two nerds who sat at home and watched that match. Neither one of us are being invited to socially distant gatherings. (laughs) No, I was, I was, uh, as I've been doing every day for the last four and a half months, sitting in my house, uh, sipping Negronis uh, <laughs> and tweeting. Um, <laughs> you took a tweet. And you, you stopped tweeting for a while. Though. I did. I did. I, it was, it was good for my health. Um, and uh, I've, I've, uh, I've come back uh, a better, more well-rounded um, angry person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my rage is more full. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, the Greenville Triumph put out a wildly confusing, uh, starting player graphic that did not a give you any indication what positions anyone played b did not indicate the, who the goalkeeper was either via a gk or him being in a different shirt um it mostly just i think you said it looked like a a, a, a chinese checkers board which we have now learned is neither checkers nor Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like the Roman empire, which was neither Roman nor an empire. Please discuss. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I, I just said to the Greenville triumph, I was like, I'm, I think I said, I like no goalkeeper. I like your style. Yeah. And, and they, they, were, they responded, well, no, we've got, you know, uh, U.S. Golden Sun- glove, golden glove winning goalkeeper yeah. Dallas J. I'm like, well, how the hell am I supposed to know that? Yeah. I'm just a I'm just a simple podcaster from Madison. <laughs> I'm the Rube. By the way, I like that we've got uh, this week's AP Western Civ question for those of you playing at home is the Roman Empire, neither Roman nor an empire. Uh, we'll we'll take 500 words on our desks by Monday morning. Um, but the 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 thing there was this is so Neil reached out to me and I don't think you'll mind that I'm sharing this. Coaches don't want to share any information at this point, right? So he's like, yeah, we, you know, it's like the, the, there was that tweet, like I've been working on this story for a year and he just tweets it right out, right? <laughs> they, they don't want to release and they hate 
these graphics. Yeah. Like, yeah. They don't want you to know that they're playing a four three three. They want to put like the eleven players out there and make yeah. make the opposition coach figure it out. And so he was like, that was a perfect graphic. I love that graphic. What's wrong with that graphic? <laughs> Why would fans possibly want, you know, w- w- what's wrong with that graphic for fans? And it's like, well, we kind of, you know, if we're not studying the team, we kind of like, like to know who the left back is, you know, oh, Don <laughs> Smart's going to be going up against that guy, you know, oh, that's where that guy is playing. Oh, that's the kind of general shape as I get ready yeah. to watch it, you know. Oh, interesting. They're going with four in the midfield and two up top. We're, you know, going with four with three in the midfield. That might be a problem area. And so it it was just interesting. Coaches don't want to know, you know, reveal anything. Yeah. So So Neil, Neil is uh, firmly on the no uh, graphic side of things only does it because I think he's contractually obligated to, uh, to Jason to have to provide it. Um, and uh, I don't know if we're, this isn't giving anything away because nobody listens to this, but <laughs> there's also the possibility of going and looking back into the past so you can get a feel for where teams. Yeah, we're uh, not going to, we don't want to go reveal the secrets, but let us just <laughs> say that not every team gets rid of their starting lineups out on the internet. This is actually funny. And I'm going to tell this story because I, you know, when I was coaching at uh, Middleton, Madison West actually put out like a whole bunch of information about their team and their tactics right out on the internet. Like I like went to the team homepage and pulled that all down. And I was like, Oh, this is great. So we, we went into their match, you know, our match with them, like knowing exactly how they were going to play and line up and all of that. It was fantastic. Um, So here's my advice. People take stuff down from the internet. If you're, you know, you know, if you're running for office or managing a USL League One team, take stuff down from the internet. Um, that reminds me of the great meme. I it may have been a, a fellow Liverpool supporter, Amy, may have shared this on Twitter, where something along the lines of, you know, our parents warned us for years about not posting things on Facebook because you'll get fired from your job. And now they're all getting fired from their jobs for being racist (laughs) and posting it on Facebook, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's kind of our take on where, you know, I think we've talked about the center back will will probably be, you know, Turbo and Jalen Fiat Chrysler. Um, In goal is our our Austrian import, uh, Philip Marchetta, Marcetta. Did we decide on how that's pronounced? Uh, no, we have not. Okay. We'll just make that up as we go along. Uh, that's kind of the, the, you know, general line, you know, setup. I'm looking forward to seeing Josiah Trimmingham, uh, as well. You know, he may rotate into that, that two man back line. That's going to be a big, big center back pairing. And with, with Woj up top as well, you know, a lot of height. So, uh, I think one place, you know, fans queuing in, especially in these early games is I would say, and we've talked about this with, with both Coach Shore and, and Neil last year. It's really, really hard to get a flow on offense limited early on in the season. So yeah. I'm, my guess is we're going to see a pretty tight Madison team early on in the season. We're not going to see a lot of attacking flair. Um, you know, they're going to probably try to hold the shape, keep it tight pretty yeah. strongly with guys, you know, and hope to get some flair from, from – guys like Paulo Jr. And, and Don Smart feeding it into Woj. But one place I, I would really uh, encourage fans to cue in on are set pieces, especially early in the year, because yeah. of our height advantage and just because of, you know, the way that, that things are setting up. And I think yeah. Daryl Shore, and, you know, is, is, this is not his first rodeo, as the kids say. And yeah. so he's going to, you know, set up. I think they're going to come out strong on set pieces, and I imagine, you know, they've been working on those a lot in preseason yep. as well. Yeah, um, and, the, and the other, you know, the other piece of this that we've kind of touched on in, in different parts is, is the, the conditions. It's tough to start your, you know, it's one thing if you start in March and you're kind of building up uh, fitness levels until June, July hits and it starts to get really hot. And it's still tough to play in those conditions. But to come out of the gates and be playing in Dallas uh, at the end of July, you know, I don't, I don't expect an open game from, from forward 
um, early on, uh, or you, you go for it in the first 15 minutes and then try to hang on for dear life for the next <laughs> 75 if you can get a goal. But I would, I would assume you take a pretty measured approach in this first game. Um, the good thing is, you know, you're bringing back a number of players. So it's not like a huge trend, you know, they're, you know, probably, you know, some two players in the back, probably maybe some, maybe if, you know, if Michael Dang starts in midfield, you know, and then up top with, with Woj, I mean, I assume Paulo and Don, I mean, Jamel Cox may, yeah. may push one of them out. We don't know, but, um, you know, expect to see a relatively set, you know, probably five, six guys coming back from last season. Um, yeah. one, you know, one other point I did want to make, and this is kind of a, you know, not the most important thing, but the third goalkeeper, I think was also, a, um, if I remember correctly, was going to be a Chicago fire loney. And so we don't really know where that all stands right now. I think before we got on the air, Keith, you made the point that you're pretty sure that most of the senior members or close to senior members of the club are in Orlando. You, you cut, they wanted to bring kind of as big a group as they could given, you know, the playing that many games in that short amount of time. But you know, as of now, our roster is only showing two goalkeepers. So I don't know if we have a third goalkeeper who's been training with the club. Um, Chris Fox. Chris Fox. Chris Chris Fox. Perfect. Um, Well, then I'm, we are in good hands. (laughs) So he was man of, he was man of the match at the Flock scrimmage last year. I think really turned the heads of of Turbo and and, uh, Coach Neal. I think, uh, you know, it's the one place where you're going to see pro rel is from the open flock, you know, scrimmages into the squad. I think that's really, you know, that's where it's going to go. Um, well, I'm a lot fitter than I was the last time. So I'm yeah, you've, been, you've been running. And uh, <laughs> by the way, you suffered another injury. Do you want to tell, tell the, the listeners about your, your most recent injury? Uh, because before, before we jumped on the air, Dan said, oh, wait, I have to pause. I have to dress my wounds. Yeah, I was bitten by a dog yesterday. Uh, and so. and were, were your shorts a little a little short? You were so, showing a little. <laughs> I, I was showing I was showing a little bit of uh, of thigh. My uh, my Patagonia baggies were were a little a little short. Um, you know these things happen. I, I I can't. I have never been bitten by a dog before. It's it's it, it was very very minor. It was more annoying than anything, but. It's the reminder that uh, neighbors or fences make good neighbors. <laughs> good fences make good neighbors. And, and the and the and the ironic part about this is we literally are installing a fence, uh, and this has been all agreed upon our next door neighbors and the neighbors behind us. And we were out there having a conversation about said fence with the fence builder just to go over a couple of things, and the dog. Uh, decided to remind me why we needed a fence by biting me on the upper thigh, lower ass. Um, and now I have to go get a tetanus shot because apparently my, I am uh, not up to date on tetanus. And, uh, but uh, I think, I think I'll, I think I'll survive. Well, good. Yeah. Is it, has it been hard? I mean, that, that is where you think. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it's probably been a little difficult for you. Uh, that, that was, you know, that and else has made an appearance stand before we wrap this up last night, he, he strode out onto the field and you know, you know who this is, Chris Wondolowski, your favorite player, all time MLS leading scorer, Chris Wondolowski came out and scored last night for San Jose against our, our parent club, the Chicago fire. Uh, I will, all I, all I will say about that is I saw a picture well, I, I, or somewhere I just saw a picture of him and wearing that new San Jose kit. And I actually had to look up whether that was a picture from like 1997 or a recent picture. Cause first of all, Chris Rondolowski kind of looks like a nineties, like B level, like he was like an extra, you know, he was like the boyfriend on one episode of 90210, um, <laughs> you know, who had like a, who had like a caffeine pill problem. Um, and then, and those Very kits, special episode, Wondolowski. Yeah. And those kits are terrible. Oh, yeah. God awful. Um, I am usually pretty mellow about kits and, I saw it. Maybe it was just the fact that Chris Wondolowski was wearing it. But well, design-wise, they've just, you know, they take that sort of, it's sort of a, speaking of the 90s, it's really like a recycling of the equipment kits of the 90s. Yeah. But it's just weird. The proportions don't seem right. And then Wando, 
and I'm pro tuck, but Wando had the nineties, like baggy tuck. Cause his shirt shorts must've been like, he must've been like, Hey, send me the 1996 version of this kit. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then he was wearing, and he had like giant baggy sleeves. Like everybody else's, like their sleeves, like came. Mid, That's what I'm mid, saying. Yeah. I saw the picture and I was like, is this actually the, him today or him from 15 years ago? And then he was wearing short sleeve, long sleeve. It's yeah. 90 degrees, dude. <laughs> Take off those long sleeve. Like, what's he doing? Did he have biker shorts underneath? That's the other question. Oh, I really God. wanted to complete the 90s look. It would have been the, the longer biker shorts with the shorter, you know, soccer shorts. That would have I felt he, he triggered me. I was I was very angry. Just on a fashion level. And you kept just texting me about oh. him and I was just getting angrier and angrier. Here, and listen, here. You know what? Kudos to the guy. He scored a lot of goals. He's been around for a long time. The picture of him and their supporters group a couple of years ago, he seems like a good guy. I you know, this is a lot of this is in jest because, you know, he missed <laughs> Well, uh, he's one of the biggest shots in American history, and it's not all his fault. But I, I carry a grudge, and I, I, I hate his guts. You almost, <laughs> you almost berated him at a bar in Chicago once. True, uh, I would have called him a chach. Yeah, story <laughs> told on this pod. Uh, you know, so uh, I guess uh, anything else you know going into this match uh, that that you're interested in seeing? We don't know much about North Texas. You know, Greenville looks good. Uh, Fort Lauderdale is a re- real team and not just, uh, you know, yeah. and actually I think they're going to be an exciting team. Um, I think they're fun to watch a lot of young talent. I think, you know, Jason Christ, uh, could, could turn them into something and not an easy game by any means. Um, we're only going to talk about, you know, those first two matches cause we're not entirely convinced the season goes much beyond there. Right. Uh, so, uh, other than that, until next time we say forwards, not backwards, Upwards, not forwards, and always twirling, 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 twirl three. Lesson in economics, kids. Do not support public funding for stadiums. Correct.